Uh, obviously, uh, last night was uh, a little bit of uh, you know a cloud of uncertainty over the meeting to start out about what was going to happen. Oh, thanks, man. Just saving my tail here. Notice wasn't there. Um, but uh, we started out, you know, with with a cloud of uncertainty about what right. censure was going to look like, and it turned out that was nothing. Yeah, big, didn't come up at all. The big cloud came, and it wasn't from the south either. Yeah. It was. It was well, maybe maybe south of the budget trough, but wow. yeah. Two-plus-hour meeting. I'm looking at it right now, about two and a half hours. Uh, so, you know, a lot of it was um, kind of unpacking uh, financial reports from Budget Director McCarty. You also got City Water, Light, and Power providing a quarterly report. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to some of the CWLP conversation, especially to highlight a couple of uh, employees that are going to be retiring. Um, but let's just go ahead and get into, I think, what's probably going to be the most significant story for Springfield City finances, and that's the impacts of the government shutdown to slow the spread of COVID-19 and what that did. We've been speculating for, gosh, how long uh, of, oh. of what the numbers could possibly look like. Since uh, it began. Yeah, and we've heard updates as far as cash on hand. That's pretty much like, you know, a day-to-day a, a -day look at the city's finances. And we've heard that from Treasurer Misty Busher. Uh, and there were, gosh, weeks, weeks, months that went by where the, the cash balance didn't really change much. Uh, you know, we had like $16 million on hand or something, just pretty incredible. Um, so we we had a, the city of Springfield, a, a good cushion. And then I think it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we finally heard what sounded like the first drop in revenues coming into the city of Springfield coffers to the tune of several million dollars difference. Uh, so that's kind of where we're going to start here. Um, a bunch of director McCarty uh, jumped right in and uh, he, he talked first about, I guess he's one of those guys who wants to, uh, you know, approaches you and says, you want the, the good news or the bad news first. And if you say bad news, he'll say, well, let me give you the good news first. <laughs> so, uh, so he starts off with the good news here. Let's. Uh... And based on the data we have today, it's not as bad as we thought it would be back then. Uh, it's not good, as you'll see in a minute, but it's not as bad as what we thought it would be back then. Other good news, uh, he said, going into this crisis, uh, there was a lot of uh, work done in the years prior uh, and during the Langfelder administration to shore up costs as much as they could so that they could have enough cash on hand because they knew something, you know, they... I don't want to say they knew the pandemic was coming. Nobody knew the pandemic was coming. Uh, but they, they they knew that economic conditions can change. And sometimes economic conditions can change a little. It's not that big of a deal. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, people are, it's too hot outside or whatever it may be. Or economic conditions can change from a banking crisis or a housing crisis or, sure. you know, whatever it might be, a hurricane, tornado, whatever it might be. Well, we had the pandemic come in, of course, and the government's response to it, which really led uh, the 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 loss of revenue. Um, but going into it, Budget Director McCarty said the city had a, a good foundation. And we all worked hard to do it. We've been working hard for years to do it. We ended last year's fiscal year, fiscal year 20 at the end of February, with the highest fund balance that we've ever had. And having that going into the pandemic and the new budget year has served us very, very well because what it's done is it's allowed us to weather the storm long enough to wrap our hands around the enormity of what we're dealing with. 
Now, uh, we're, what, four months into this now? Is that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the 22nd, March 21st was the um, beginning, I guess, of uh, the, the stay-at-home order. Uh, a few days before that was the uh, the order to not allow for dine-in restaurants. So, yeah, we're, we're four months into this. Uh, so how to move forward, uh, Budget Director McCarty lays out. The point where the numbers are in and we can start making some, some decisions from an administrative standpoint of what we're going to do to deal with the deficit that we're facing. We'll hear a little bit about some of the things that they already have done since day one of the pandemic, knowing that there would be a shortfall in revenue. Uh, but he lays out here, uh, I think, an important understanding. And this is going to be, you were talking last hour about the, the next response from the federal government. Sure. Right. What's that going to be? Um, of course, the federal government's talking about you know, looking at liability issues and possibly you know, the lifting liability for businesses, schools, and so on. Uh, you've also got conversations about uh, you know, taxes, payroll taxes, or unemployment. But another major issue is going to be financial aid for state and local governments. And this is something that uh, is baked into the state budget. Uh, we're expecting to get like $5 billion in the budget that the Democrats passed uh, that uh, has not materialized. The federal government's not passed that yet. Uh, the federal government did pass aid, but that aid is specifically only for COVID-related costs, not for lost revenue. And that's a, an important distinction that uh, Budget Director McCarty's making here. No doubt about it. Face mask and sanitization and the the walls that are up, the plexiglass, all that. There's a cost to that. There's no doubt to that. But we've been keeping track of costs. We implemented a program code immediately when this all went down so that we could track our costs. And looking at everything right now, we're somewhere in the $100,000, $200,000 range, depending on what we can submit and what we can't. We're still working through that. We're still getting guidance from the state on that. $100,000 to $200,000. I don't know if you saw it or not, but when the state introduced the Cures Act, C-U-R-E-S, uh, at the end of June, Springfield's allocation is $4.8 million that is made available to us to reimburse us for COVID-related expenses. The problem is this is not an expense issue for us. I mean, it is, but it's a revenue issue. So, <laughs> I don't know if this is like just indicative of government. Right. I mean, <laughs> this is this is kind of what Four, hurt my brain in accounting here. Okay. Four point eight million dollars the city of Springfield set to get. Right. All right. From from the federal government shifting money through the state government. All right. And going to the local government, Springfield. Four point eight million dollars. But that's specifically for COVID related costs, like shields, face masks, sure. PPE, and stuff like that. It's not for loss of revenue. And McCarty's saying that right now they're only looking at like a couple hundred thousand dollars of like, you know, COVID related costs, quote unquote. That's not four point eight million dollars, a couple hundred thousand versus four point eight million. So they're going to have to find a way to try to, I don't know what, uh, uh, tweak, what? you know, a line item to say, well, this was for COVID related costs and that was a million five. And yeah. this is, a, you know, three hundred thousand over here. It's a COVID related cost. And just get the, get that magic marker out there. Black that up. Put something else there. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do about that. Uh, well, here's some other things of uh, efforts to try to shore up costs elsewhere. Uh, and also, we have yet to actually hear the the numbers. How much lost revenue are we looking at? So stay tuned. It's all here coming up with the Council Roundup. My, my cousin Louie he can fix your books for you. Make sure they're COVID there. <laughs> Get that COVID fix book over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's the black one with the little markings on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's over there. It'll be now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council 
round up. I just like that. I like the horse. Uh-huh. I like the, the, I don't know, his gun cocking or something. Ah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's like 12 years old. That's crazy. I've been doing this that Oh, long. man. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, by the way, I just want to say publicly real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've gained so much respect for you by doing it last week of what you have to do. Oh, sure. <laughs> get through. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, was kind of crazy. You know, I get into a rhythm. Um, yeah. I can see where you could get into a rhythm, but yeah. when you have to do it just once every six yeah, months right. or whatever. I would imagine that would be. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> tough. I do want to set up a camera sometime just to do like a time lapse of uh, me in the studio here just sure. whipping things back and forth. And uh, it's, it gets a little, yeah, a little right. wild. Uh, all right, so so we're in the midst of hearing from Budget Director McCarty, and it's really going to dominate the uh, council roundup because I think it's you know really important. These these are uh, numbers that are uh, getting kind of scary, and uh, the impacts on city services and, and taxpayers uh, moving forward, it's it's going to be an issue. So, um, how do we uh, how do we continue forward? Uh, how do we cover some of these costs? And uh, what exactly is going on here? Here's the director just before we head to news. Economists are all over the board. Is it a V? Is it a U? Is it a W? In other words, a double dip, which is a possibility with what's going on right now because you see cases are, are spiking in a lot of places, and I guess even in Sangamon County. So what's the recovery going to look like? It's unclear. It uh, depends on where you're at, too. I mean, we had uh, states reopen, and they thought they were going to go gangbusters, but then they got more cases. So how's that going to impact on a national level? Uh, but really locally, what's the economic recovery going to look like moving forward? Are we going to have another shutdown imposed by the governor? Is the state house going to come back and do anything legislatively? What is going to happen? Still very much unclear. Uh, but one thing is clear is that uh, the numbers that are being impacted here uh, are from sales tax revenues. We'll hear from the director more about that. And uh, also we'll get to the actual numbers you know, what are we talking about here? Uh, just how impactful is the revenue shortfall going to be for the city of Springfield? Stay tuned. That's on the way. 741 on the news feed. The roundup continues, partner. Uh, so we're going to actually uh, try to schedule Director McCarty uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, get him on the air. He did say um, have Cousin Vinny um, give him a call. I, I don't think you and I's acting skills is going to make up the $10 million, but we tried. <laughs> we tried. Try. Yeah, we yeah. tried. Uh-huh. All right. Um, let's talk about uh, what really is driving this, right? Because we're looking at uh, getting ready to hear what the numbers are, the data, as Budget Director Bill McCarty lays out for the city of Springfield. And this is what the financial impact is to the city's coffers the city's tax dollars that it gets from us buying things and really it's it's not the covid related costs that are impacting the city it's the sales tax hit really the issue it's 45 percent of the corporate fund and when you have something that's 45 percent of the corporate fund that's the reason we waited this long is we had to get those april numbers to see what we were dealing with so uh and we've talked about this before uh, there's a delay in getting those numbers from the state the bottom line is a lot of this is based on the consumer and consumer behavior and that is all over the board some people are staying in uh continuing to stay in some people feel more freely to go out whether or not there's a we roll back to phase three there's just a ton of uncertainty so what so there's a lot of uncertainty, especially as, uh, yeah. you know, the governor unilaterally has been changing things. And, you know, we had four regions. Now there's 11, even though there was like 47 uh, EMS regions or, sure. you know, is Chicago lumped in with Lake County or Sangamon County lumped in with Macon? No, we're not. Uh, it's- <laughs> you know, McCarty found out exactly what you and I have found out since April. The more we learn, the less we know. You know, it's like it's the most ridiculous. It's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable. It All right, let's get to the data. 
That's what everybody's waiting for. What are the actual numbers here? What are we talking about? June, uh, June and July, which is March and April, we were down somewhere around eight to $900,000 on state sales tax. And then over a little over a million dollars, one to 1.1 on the city sales tax. When you combine all those together, that's the $2 million that I reported to you. $2 million from two months. That's how much is down wow. from what was budgeted. Now, remember, they put the budget together before the pandemic hit. So they weren't anticipating this type of severe revenue. So um, a little bit more specifics here after, you know, crunching those numbers and making some estimations moving forward. And then I, I pulled out travel, restaurants, and apparel. It's no secret that those categories have been hit very, very hard. And you can see that very well illustrated here in this graph. It's pretty clear that, uh, you know, you look at apparel, I mean, it dropped in next to zero because wow. all the stores were closed in April, right, wow. here. And this is just the, in, the Springfield only, the in-store purchases, by the way, if I didn't say that. Travel, restaurants dropped about 50%. Uh, looks like they're coming back a little bit, but they're still down for the year. Well, and then he talked about um, Scott Dahl, who we talked with before. We should probably get him back on the air here soon, too, uh, to get an update. But, I mean, you got the lack of um, conventions being able to take place. Uh, and the economic activity that that spurs on, uh, you know, Dahl had uh, estimated it's tens of millions of dollars sure. in economic impact, not just from the convention space and the hotel motel, but all the restaurant activity and so on. Yeah. Uh, Brian Oaks, we haven't had a concert at the center here right. in, in months. Yeah. And in, in the lack of the legislature being in town, you know, that's a lot of staff. That's a lot of lawmakers, hotels, meetings and all that. Um, so. This is this is as it is. All right. This is this is what we're facing with. Reflect the use of fund balance does not reflect any cuts that we might do, because none have been implemented as of yet. We have run multiple exercises, but none have been implemented as of yet. We're discussing, and uh, it also does not count any potential relief we might get through the Cures or the Cares Act. Um, again, it could be a couple hundred thousand, or it could be more if there's success in getting that opened up to more items. Particularly if we could replace lost revenue, that would be fantastic. I just don't know if we're going to get there or not. There seems to be a reticence from the state and the federal government to allow that type of... Mm, those conversations are ongoing. Um, so let's get to the numbers here. Uh, what are we looking at, Director? Got a couple of different scenarios he lays out. So scenario A, this is our best case scenario. We're looking at a $10.3 million revenue shortfall versus budget. <laughs> best case. <laughs> That's the best case. Oh, wow. That's the best case scenario. Eight figures. $10 million shortfall from what was anticipated before the pandemic. Oh. oh, boy. So what's involved in scenario A? Scenario A does assume a vaccine. It assumes a vaccine in the month of October. Okay. All right. Oh, so that's, the, that's the best case if yeah, there's a right. vaccine. All right. So what about uh, some of the other? What about some of the other projections? Scenario B is like scenario A, but does not assume a vaccine. So those numbers that you see in A kind of flow out all the way to the end of the fiscal year. If I had to guess, I would say scenario B is probably the closest. But if we see another downturn or we see a rollback, you might be getting into the scenario C category there. So 12.2 for B, 14.3 for C, 16.4 million for scenario D in revenue shortfall. Now, I'm one of those people who, when faced with um, very uh, troubling and concerning things, I, I I don't know if it's a defense mechanism, but I chuckle. I laugh. Yeah. 
Sure. I, I don't know why, but it, it's it, it's like, like ingrained in me. I think that's just how I, I cope with these things. So I don't yeah. don't take my chuckling as any kind of this is serious stuff. When you're it looking is. at ten to sixteen million dollars, well, we're looking at twelve. There there is no way there's going to be a vaccine by October to make it ten. Listen to the president. No, I think, China's got a vaccine. They're working on Chris. You ready to take that? Uh, exactly. You got to take that China I, that China vaccine. I think your Arizona Cardinals have a better chance of winning the World Series, Arizona Cardinals, than 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 than, than we get a vaccine in October. So, ten to sixteen million dollars is how much they're projecting could be lost. Um, so, what about how do we deal with this? How do we move forward? What kind of cuts are we looking at? What kinds of uh, shoring up of operations? Because how do you cut ten plus million dollars out of a budget? Assuming you laid off everyone, which of course we won't do. This is just for illustrative purposes. But assuming you laid off everyone else besides those groupings. In September, which is halfway through the year, you're talking about an impact of $8.7 million. A little bit more when you throw fringes and stuff in there, but $8.7 million. That doesn't even reach the impact of Scenario A. Wow. Oh, boy. So what have they already done? Because we knew this was coming. We're four months into this. And I remember four months ago, I said, the city officials need to start doing something now. Uh, and there was the talk about, you know, holding spending 5%. Uh, others were saying, oh, it probably needs to be deeper, but here's what Budget Director McCarty laid out. From day one, we sent out a memo to all the departments telling them to stop all discretionary spending, spend only what you need to operate at a bare minimum. Provide services, make sure you do that, but do it at a bare minimum. Try to slow down hiring, do what you can, and right now, we're pacing at $3.2 million under last year, but 2.7 of that was just timing of pension payments, so... Now, the mayor, uh, he talked about a couple of different options that are out there, um, especially about, uh, you know, trying to find out how to get that federal aid and uh, what it's supposed to be used for and how they can open it up. It's, it sounds like there could well, that's be. That's Alderman Donnellan. Let's do this here. There we go. Uh, Director McCarty spoke to it might be 100000 or a couple hundred thousand. Well, that's not to the level of significance that we've been impacted. Right. And so we'll continue to put. And that's just COVID-related costs the city's incurred that and so all of us know legislators through the state house and it's important that we educate them on that aspect uh the other side of it is um, we're asking that the illinois municipal league they did put forward legislation that would push out the ramp for the police and fire pension like you would refinance your house in times like this it's no different for the police and fire pension you push it out 10 years and I imagine that's probably a five million dollar savings through all for our city. I would think that's a projection, but that's something we'll run the calculation. So uh, we're looking at uh, you know trying to get more federal aid, or possibly there was even talk about um, uh, as you heard there uh, delaying the police yeah. and fire pensions, Taking which pensions down the road. That's exactly is what, what it we've is. done in Illinois uh, for, time and again, yeah, yeah. time and again, kicking the pension yeah. can down the road. So that's a possibility. <laughs> Uh, the possibility of furloughs and layoffs. There was a comment from uh, Alderwoman uh, DeCenso, uh when talking about furloughs and layoffs that I'm, I'm just going to mention. I'm not going to play it. I didn't have it pulled up here. But she said something to the effect of, you know, uh, even a month off work for some public employees would be really rough. And I thought to myself when I heard that this morning, I was like, been people have been off work for four months now who lost their jobs. Yeah. It's out of nowhere in the private sector. It's just upended. Mm -hmm. They can't go to work anymore. They've had to deal with childcare. Public employees have been largely 
safe in all of this. We're 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 putting a bandaid over everything. Everybody's going to have to start hurting. Everybody's going to have to sacrifice, yeah. and the private sector has at, sacrificed immensely at ten this. million dollars. Um, just just in scenario A, which is right. if they have a vaccine by October, right. you know, and unicorns start flying. <laughs> um, at ten million dollars, that's a hundred dollars for every single man, woman, and child oh. in the city of Springfield. Hundred bucks. You know, I think it's time to start C notes for the city. Something. I don't know. <laughs> Voluntarily hand over a hundred dollars yeah. instead of it. Because uh, uh, listen, if if there's no cuts, if there's no furloughs or layoffs, uh, if they don't get federal aid, which is just going to increase taxes down the road on our on our next generation, um, you're going to see tax increases here locally, and we've already had a round of tax increases, so. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, uh, of course, with the projections of 10 to $16 million of lost revenue. That's I don't scary. see any scenario where we get that from yeah. the federal government. No, I, yeah, it's going to be, um, yeah, they're going to have to, they're going to have to do it locally. They're going to have to find those efficiencies locally, I think, uh, because, well, you know, you can't bank on something that's not there, like the state of Illinois did, $5 billion. Sure. They're supposed to, by constitution, pass a balanced budget. But you got a $5 billion gap there that you're expecting the federal government to give you, which the federal government has not even passed a bill to, to do such a thing. So sure. um, so after that presentation, CWLP got up there. Doug Brown laid out some numbers the first quarter. I'm not going to bore you with that. You can go find that information elsewhere. Uh, but uh, I did want to highlight something. After uh, Brown gave his presentation, he highlighted a couple of uh, employees from the utility that are um, saying goodbye. So I just want to take some time to acknowledge a couple of retirements, recognizing Ted Meckes and John Davis for their years of service to City World Light and Power. Both are retiring August 7th of this year. John will have 33 years in, and Ted will have almost uh, 34. So uh, two uh, long-time employees, the utility, uh, parting ways with the utility, going on retirement. And uh, Ted Meckes, he took over uh, for the water division several years ago. Uh, and he's been one to answer a lot of questions and whatnot, even about Lake 2. you got to think about all the Hunter Lake conversations he's had to have and the hours of uh, you know study and research and whatnot. Uh, but he did highlight something Ted did that I wanted to make sure people played, especially as we consider what's going on with COVID-19. Um, I see these commercials all the time about thanking the health care workers, the restaurants, the hardware store workers. They should add the water providers to that. Our water providers at our water treatment plant, our water distribution, that team, they stay healthy, sacrificing their um, freedoms, like many of others, to continue to provide each and every one of us drinking water every day. That's pretty special. So I, I want to thank those people. Here, here. Yeah. That's Raise a, a glass. <laughs> Springfield does have some of the best tasting drinking water. They do. It's uh, it's won awards, hasn't it? It has won awards. Chatham's won an award, too. And I'm hey. going like, yeah. yeah but where was Cousin Louie with the bribe on that? <laughs> the, well, the Chatham does buy water from Springfield from time to time. So yeah, maybe right. it was that time when they bought water from Springfield. That's your council roundup. <laughs> have a great day.